Hello world, it is Thursday at noon. We are back in full effect. It is Ergo Radio on WHPK. What up? It's Kiss and Damon. What up, job man? How y'all feeling? What's good? What up? It's been a minute. We were on. I mean, we could call it hiatus. We took a week off. The people missed us. Absolutely. I, I, I feel your pain. I missed you too. Uh, I'm happy to be back. We actually went and visited our old alma mater, Come and Go. I mean, <laughs> Grinnell College. It was really a great experience. That's a Shout joke for the I- for the Iowans out there. You get that. Everyone else is scratching their head. Yeah, no, it was great. We uh, Damon did a did a talk and got everyone um, like ready to go. I don't know how would you describe. Like, I feel like when people walked out of that room. Like they were like ready to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think yeah. I think I had some impact, man. It was it was cool, man. Especially uh, to go back to the space where I, I really hated it, but developed a lot of my consciousness and be able to engage with, with especially particularly the black students that were experiencing the same things I experienced, and to be a resource and to to tell them it's all right, but it does suck and validate them. It was really a a great experience. It was cool to see, and then we coupled it with some of the folks who you've heard here on the show who came down shout and performed. Shout out Beats, shout Break out Beat No Poets, Name, shout out Rick, Rick Wilson, Wilson, shout out my mentors, Keisha Scott and Shana Benjamin. Basically, we brought Chicago to the middle of Iowa for once, and it was great, um, but it meant that we missed a week of Ergo, which, you know, we haven't done much. This is show number four. 40 some 41 i believe wow man we're big time no one thought we were going to make it this far we we are beating the odds (laughs) (laughs) we have a great guest coming up on the show la van gogh is here or will be here eventually at some point but rather than uh kind of just i mean we can we can be us forever before he gets up here we'll play a song of his first yeah community announcements um Hey, hey the, the first one, uh, which Damon, you were good enough to remind me of. Oh yeah, yeah. What's yeah, on it's, Sunday? It's Mother's Day, y'all. Just oh! want to make sure y'all know. Take care yeah. of your mama. Give her a call. Go get your cards. I know we can forget about that joint, and that's not good, man. Show your mama some love. Community announcement number one. Shouts to the moms out there. Uh, two, Ergo alum Akenya is performing at the California Clipper on Monday, May 9th. Um, we've chatted at that spot a few times. A bunch of the folks. Who have been up here? Sam Trump as I well. Need to go there. It's really nice. Like it's like it's on the line with like over the top precious bougie. Like it's close, mm. but I really like it for shows. Um, and then the other one is this is kind of a it's less an event like for the next week and more. We just got uh, so this just dropped this announcement. The Poetry Foundation, uh, in collaboration with Crescendo Literary, which is Ergo alums Nate Marshall and Eve Ewing are doing a poetry incubator for uh, poets who engage with community and all the different things that that can mean. It's going to be this summer, uh, the end of July, July 20th through 30th, and it culminates in an all-day <coughs> excuse me, block party and festival. Uh, it's going to be, I can't tell you exactly where, but it's on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I'm going to be producing that festival, that block hey, party. Check you out. Um, so it's not even a humble brag. That was just a brag. Um, but we're really excited Big about that. <laughs> where, where that's um, super dope. But applications are open. You can find it on the Poetry Foundation website across the country. Come through, come to Chicago that weekend. It's going to be a great couple days of workshops and performance and the block party is going to be crazy. Right. And with no further ado, just walked into the building. We're going we gonna to let you catch your breath, but everybody make some noise wherever you are. We got L.A. Van Gogh in the house. What's good with you, bro? Hey. I'm chilling. Is this one on? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, 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 you oh, good. Come on, man. I know you had some of that uh, 
that high park experience where all the parking spots were hiding. Yeah. Uh, That's every day at yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. That's every day. So we're going to let you catch your breath. we actually going to start it off just on one of your tracks, man. Let the Word. people know who you are. Let them know who they're dealing with. Uh, so which which one we going with? Off the brand new project, here's Change My Number. <laughs> L.A. Van Gogh on Ergo Radio, WHPK885, ErgoRadio.com. Like I heard you had to play the Kim bait. Got crushed by a woman on a Wednesday. I heard a text, telephone, no entry. Then I got a call back on the empty, telling me how you're steadily mad at me. I'm expressing my apathy. I say I need a space. You send me pics of the galaxy, but you pulling me close. Heard you related to gravity. We can put it in the past, but I think that I should ask. Do you hate me that much now? I changed my mind. Mike Jones on that bitch. Back then I was different. Wow. 
Hey, we're back here on Ergo, WHPK885, ErgoRadio.com. We have L.A. Van Gogh in the building. You just heard Change My Number. That's off the brand new project uh, done in collaboration with Ambi Lyrics. Squat, squat. Who is, she's Razo. <laughs> yeah. Um, first off, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. How are you feeling? How are how is the world treating you how are you treating the world that's your line it is i'm taking it you have co-opted it but i keep keep making it up it's for the brand it's for the family yeah brenda question (laughs) um the world's tight the universe is responding to me like yeah that's all i can say like that's the best way to describe it and i've been trying to put out nothing but positive vibes and that's what i'm getting in return that's what's up that's what's up so Tell us a little bit uh, about this project. We want to get into like backstory and, and life, right. and really, you know, who is the the real LA. <laughs> <laughs> but but first, like let's let's get right into the music. Yeah, uh, it, it seems like from the looks of it, like you know, you are getting some traction, you are getting some buzz. Look like you went down to South by, right. um, and, and been doing some things. Tell us about that track and, and about about the project and, and where you are with it and how you feeling about it. For sure. Well, change my number is really like the song that made us believe like everything on there was going to be a hit. Mm. Um, it was just like the first one. Uh, we did nine to five blues first. That was the first track that started the project. And basically how it came together was her and I just started producing together. We dropped those mixes that we did. We've always been doing stuff where she produced something, send it to me and I'll rap over it or mix up the beat or change the beat or add to it. Um, so that's really how that song came about. That's how, What's funny is Ambie was sick the day we made that beat. So I pretty much made the whole beat. And then she, like, when I was like, man, what else should I add to it? She was literally coaching from the bed. You know, she she's on the bed like, yo, do that reverse part. Like that part, uh, Serge Ibaka heard. She was like, <clears throat> coughing and everything. Like, hey, reverse that part. I'm like, okay, add this right there. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we work is, you know, a lot of it's it's really back and forth like, We'll go into a mode, or they call me like Neo or or Dexter because <laughs> when I get into the computer, it's like I'm locked into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have like maybe thirty minutes of me doing whatever I want to fill up a beat, and then I'll be like, "All right, go ahead, Envy." Wait, wait. So let's let's stay there for a second, like y'all's dynamic, because mm-hmm. um, I've been seeing y'all develop in a relationship for for a few years now. Mm-hmm. How did y'all come? Because y'all are roommates at this point, right? Uh, I just moved out, but just, we were. Y'all yeah, were okay, yeah. yeah. So so how did y'all come about? Uh, or, or how did y'all link up, and, and where did that partnership come from? Um, that actually came through Via Rosa. Shout out Squad, that's what's up. It kind of yeah. always goes through Via. Rosa. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's always the connection. Yeah. It's funny. Like I was like super in love with Via and her voice when I first heard of her. I didn't know her at all. Mm. Um, we just like met each other on SoundCloud when SoundCloud first came out, <laughs> yeah. and we started talking on like uh, Skype and just exchanging numbers. And then she was like, "You should just." come over one day that day first time i had ganja butter first time i got that high first time i tried to watch donnie darko and that was the first day i met Ambi and taylor i've definitely had some first with via as yes, well. yeah that's, that, that's like a that's one of those like first day of the rest of your life type days yeah <laughs> real talk it was yeah. though yeah so so then so then how did y'all get to the, the working relationship that you have now that has resulted in this project? Um, it really came from her hearing the vinyl. The vinyl, I don't know if y'all that was yeah. a project I recently did. 
but I dropped the vinyl in 2014. I met V in 2011, but I have finished the vinyl in 2012. Mm. Um, for the most part, it was 2012, 2013. And I think that's around the time I was seeing you at YCA. Yeah, yeah. it was around that time. Um, and I was sending them to like Via and Ambi was in love with Let the Liquor Tell It. Mm-hmm. And she was like, man, we got to work. So she sent me this song, this beef to a song we did called Stephen Curry. And then after that, we kind of were just like, she sent me beats, but I sit on them. And then she sent me 9 to 5 Blues. And that was funny because that actually was a song called Two of Them Things. I don't even know what it was about. <laughs> but it turned into 9 to 5 Blues after that. So Yeah, and we're definitely going to play that later in the show. But I, I think like... One of the things that I'm really interested in, we've talked about this with other folks, is when people have those really close collaborative relationships, whether it's, you know, kind of two folks or a band. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I'm curious, like, if to someone who had never met her, how would you describe her? Um, I don't know. She's she's very she's a very lively person. You know, she's very likable. <laughs> yeah. um, she's very likable. You like being around her because she makes you laugh. Um, and she makes you feel good about what you do because she wants to be a part of what you do. Mm. Um, that goes in life. That goes whether it's in art. You know, she just makes you feel supported. That's how I would describe it. Like she, she's a good support system, but she's also a good leader in the fact that she can show you how to get done what you need to get done. Mm. Yeah, and coming into this project out of, you know, you, even though it was a little while back, putting out the vinyl, which is like your name, across the front you know that's your thing right Mm -hmm. uh what felt really good now looking back about the way that that came out and kind of like like what still feels right about that Mm -hmm. and was there anything about that process that made you go like hmm maybe there's another model you know in this case being this kind of full collaboration under safe and sound with andy like was there something that pushed you to be like hmm who can i like really link with fully no it really it really came organically and just the fact that we were moving in together and that we did move in together and that's really what happened with it because honestly about four of the songs on safe and sound were done three years ago numb was done three years ago what you want was done and recorded three years ago and we just went back and touched it up um that was before i started working with her so those tracks are like tracks i did solely on my own with production so this process um was actually it it felt like right at home i just had somebody there helping me tailor a sound and we're like yin and yang she's really into trappy stuff you know like really chill stuff and i got i got that bounce i got like that house bounce so that's where we really balance each other out and it might not even be where she'll contribute an actual instrument to a part of a song but i'll be working on something and she'll be like nah yeah. No, and that, to me, that's production. You're producing now because yeah. Taylor has done that. No Saddam. Shout out, Dang, shout out, I just yeah. gave his real name. <laughs> the fans coming. Right. <laughs> but he he started um, working with me the other day uh, while I was working on a beat, and he just came in do this. Yeah. You know, you're a producer now, and that's a you're, role. You're, you know, that's, that's a role in production. Yeah. You know, that's what's up. It, it's it's interesting uh, as we're talking about collaboration. I think you said something about like hitting home, um, and, and as we like. The, I think a lot of the most successful collaborative eff- efforts mm-hmm. come from like sharing space, right? If you yeah. go back to like organized noise, like you know, mm-hmm. basically like living together, basement, or even everything. like you know, you know, local examples with with you know, save money having the, the, the trap house mm-hmm. that they had where they really incubated a lot of stuff, um, and, and and even them people, right? Like, yeah. like living together and being mm-hmm. in space. So so 
how does that feel to have like that type of community that it's not just like oh let's go book this studio time and mm. let me buy this track off you when you could really be collaborating somebody could just come in your room yeah. and be like at this you know what I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. explain like, that I haven't it, even woken up yet yeah. calm down that's, 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 that's actually that happened yeah. of, of that's that. actually happened when I, when she's we like wake together, up we gotta produce exactly when we were living together dog like we she would come in my room my kind of room because it didn't have doors Oh man! And she'll be like, "Who's the one all the way in the back?" In the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And she's like, um, "Yo, I just made this beat. Can you mix it? Can you engineer it for me?" I'm like, "I'm not even up. <laughs> it's nine thirty on a Saturday, and you asking me get to work to engineer." But that's what I love because I'm a workaholic. I work twenty four seven. So to answer your question, um, I feel like a lot of collaborations not only come from sharing space, but just working with one other person. Um, I read a, a complex article not too long ago about how the Nas album, right, right. people implied yeah. that the Nas album like ruined, ruined hip hop <laughs> because the Illmatic, that album, yeah. because it has so many multiple producers and that really took away from the cohesion of yeah. one piece of album. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I don't either, but that was interesting. But argument. it was a very good point in yeah. saying that Before all that. of these artists had one producer. Yeah. That's what our albums Eric always sounded Rock like. Exactly. Yeah. One producer. P Rock, CL Smooth is a unit. NWA, exactly. That's the perfect enemy. that's yeah. the perfect dynamic for me. P, P Rock and, and CL Smooth. That was the perfect producer um rapper duo that I'd ever seen besides maybe like Tribe. Mm. Um and yeah, like I feel like too many producers nowadays it allows you to have a different sound for every track. It it allows you not to be limited for an album, but that's just supposed to be as an artist. Mm. When you create an album, you're supposed to be in one space. Mm. Um, and then you move on to the next album. Maybe you work with a different producer. That's mm. why I always produce my own stuff. Mm. I only worked with one other person because I felt like nobody's going to understand my story the way I do. Nobody's going to hear it the way that I do. And I'm not really good at communicating. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the challenge, right? Because yeah. I think... Ideally, as things grow, you figure out how to like bring in more and more people to contribute to it. So, mm -hmm. like the example I always think of for this is Big Crit, right? Who his whole like first three projects, like he micromanaged and controlled every piece of. Mm -hmm. He didn't just produce and rap; like he engineered them, he mixed them, he mastered them. Like no one else was allowed to touch them. Yep, um, that's me. <laughs> and then the pushback against that was like when he finally got in a major label situation, they were like, no, you have to do all this. And then he had to give up control and what came out wasn't as strong. Mm -hmm. But then coming out of that, and I, he's talked about this, like learning exactly those communication skills you're talking about, mm -hmm. where it's like, how can I bring in the talents and the skills and the ideas that other people have that I don't have mm -hmm. and like fully integrate that into something that still feels right. So I don't feel like yeah. I'm compromising on it. Yeah. Yeah. So so from that, what, where, what are some strengths that that Ambie brought that that maybe uh, compensated for some of the places where, where where you may have like not seen and been out of your purview a little bit. Um, she she helped me control my thoughts because mm. I'm a very scatterbrained person. Mm, I feel that. So I just yell out thoughts in the room, or I'll start rapping a verse and then go somewhere and just go else. somewhere <laughs> with it. Yeah. And I'll be like, "What do you think?" Most of the stuff they're like, "Man, that's tight." And I'll be like, nah, something's missing. And I'll explain to them why something's missing. This is the point that I'm going for. And then that's when they'll chime in like, okay, well, you need to do this. Like the Because we're kind of off changing my number um, with that last song we just played, that song, she really helped me vocalize that. Mm -hmm. um, that Serge Ibaka part sounded totally different mm -hmm. before I recorded it with her. Because I recorded it once 
um, at my private stock studio up north. Shout out private stock squad. Um, that was such a low key shout out. <laughs> shout out private stock squad. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but that's what happened with Change My Number, and she did that with multiple songs. Is because I was really, um, like I went through something recently, and the bulk of that was about my self worth, me trying to figure out my self worth mm-hmm. and my identity. And I've got them around me telling me like, "Dog, you're a genius." <laughs> and me, I'm just like, "Man, everything I do is cool." You know, I'm right. still trying to get better, and that's that's still my mentality. Even though I've overcome that hesitation of myself, they were always like, "You need to do this because you can do it because you haven't tried to." Right. You know. So we can go as far into that or not as you want, but when you say like going through that kind of reevaluation or that mm-hmm. redefining self worth, like what, as much as that as you want to share, what do you mean by that? Um. Because I feel like we all go through something in terms of identity, just based on the push and pull of society. You know, you feel like you have to be one way, or you feel like you can't be one way to certain people. And there's always two sides to the story. It's the side you show people and it's the side that's really going on. Um, So for me, what was really going on was exactly the story of the vinyl. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't know whether, because I'm like this good person, and then I have these bad thoughts. (laughs) But I always show the good person, but what's really in my head is these bad thoughts. Like, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'll ever make it doing music. I don't think um, what I do with relationships to friends, with women, is is not healthy. Or, Mm. you know, I have all these self-defeating constructs within myself when in reality... People have shown me within the past month that I'm a light to them. I'm an inspiration. And that's really the self-worth that I'm talking about. Like, Mm. realizing that... You're more than what you think of yourself because you always have a bias. Mm-hmm. Other people have the experience about what you've provided to them. And I really had the same thing. Like, what have I done wrong to people to make me feel like I'm not worth mm-hmm. love, not worth friendship, not worth the success that I want? And, you know, I just came to that realization. Like, it was really nothing. It's me blocking myself. Right. Everybody goes through that. But then the question also becomes, and we'll, we'll, I, I do want to play another song because I think it illustrates some of what you're talking about. But the other question is like, even when you do do something that hurts someone, mm-hmm. how can you also then still carry that self-worth too, right? Mm-hmm. So have the worth not be defined by like, I'm perfect and I've never done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm this in- huge inspiration because I'm like flawless. Mm-hmm. Shouts to Beyonce. Um, <laughs> but how can I have my, like that worth be because I make these mistakes and I've come up short in these places and I still like see value in myself and doing all that. And that's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's like, you work. just know you're gonna do better, like, and right. you and you work towards being better. Yeah. That's really all it is: is intention and purpose. Yeah. But if you continuously do something wrong, it's also about consistency. And what you do is more than what you say, yeah. regardless. So, so one last question before we uh, before we hop in another track. We have L.A. Van Gogh on Ergo Radio. Uh, <laughs> so this is a question I like asking my my, my artistic friends, specifically rappers, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think we all hold like expectations of the products mm-hmm. before we release in terms of impact, right? Mm-hmm. So not in terms of, like quality and how you think the melodies came out and mm-hmm. how the mix was, right? But mm-hmm. but where you wanted this to go mm-hmm. um, and, and, and and the impact that you wanted it to have before you released it, right? And so now that you are seeing the, the, the actual impact instead of your expectations, how do those match up, right? Usually yeah. it's, it's, it's impossible mm-hmm. for us to... to be gratified or satisfied or, or our expectations to be met. Yeah. But how close or how far 
has it been for you so far in the process? It succeeded it because Word. I've been putting out music by myself since I was 15, mm. whether it was handing them out in high school or dropping it on SoundCloud. Um, so after the vinyl, the vinyl got botched because in 2014, it was supposed to be released by Vibe and some stuff went wrong with mm. the PR and everybody that I was working with um, that eventually forced me to separate from them. So after that, I lowered my expectations for releases, mm. um, not only to not get disappointed, but to also plan better for myself to know that, okay, I have to do this and I should do this and I shouldn't rely on anybody else to do it if I know how to do it. Right. So with this release, it's like, all right, I'm putting it out. I'm doing the best that I can and just putting out good energy. And the universe is just responding to me. That's like exactly what I said better. when I started the show. Everything before the release came out is just like, wow, what is it? I was looking for a crib before I went the day before I went to South by and got one two days before <laughs> I went to South by and we were stressed because we couldn't find nothing. So it's like the universe is just putting it there for me now. So my expectations are here, my hand is under the mic. <laughs> My right hand is going over the mic. <laughs> right. And now the there's about there's about like a two and a half foot distance between <laughs> right. the, the right. expectation right. and reality because yeah. you know, cool. I'm just taking what I can and building off of it. Everything's an opportunity. But uh, we gonna play another track, but I'm just gonna say congratulations. Thank and, you, and that you should like appreciate that because that's that's rare that. to have that comfort of like exceeding your expectations. Yeah. So much love. Yeah. LA Van Gogh, what, what 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 track we come with, kids? We're gonna play nine to five blues oh, as discussed God. before. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll talk about it when we come back. I really like this song. Ergo, WHPK885, ergoradio.com, 9 to 5 Blues, LA, then go. Disguising my stress I don't know who you are But they call me the best Nigga Like my first name Travis But life ain't lavish We actually famished Awfully pressed Cause I ought to be next Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I don't know What they been saying to y'all Do you think I got time To be playing with y'all Well let me double check My schedule I'm free between the hours Of hell and all I got a letter That I'm sending to the senate I'ma tell them I ain't paying my tax But now I'm in the house Like congress Fuck around and pass a bill Call it don't fuck with me Act like that Sometimes when I'm down And hey, I'm yeah. low And I feel like I can't get through I wanna get high But I don't wanna get high If it ain't with you We sleep so hard Oh my lord We sleep so hard Like oh my god Just got me a check Gonna be another brother that's stuck in a rut In a pool full of no, got a cup full of yup And that's all I need just to get me by When I found my ground, I ain't trust no sky Call it blasphemy, I got bros that are blasphemy And as far as I'm concerned, they guys I've been living in the shadow of myself In the shadow realm with my face on a Yu-Gi-Oh card I ain't new to these eyes, I've been doing these hops Heart turned cold to a flu with these cops Don't be alarmed, I won't shoot you But I can sure make it look 
Polished up shackles, selling movies and chains Dog, I'm way too metaphysical to worry about material shit But I am, that's why you hearing this shit Need to meditate on my spiritual shit Yeah, got a handful of crystals I'm christening my conscience Telling me the future is clear as this is I don't listen to much, I adhere to the wind Found a group on bought a soul with a cleanse Here to the clouds and the deity Some days I get so high the stars reach for me I operate on a whole different frequency This revenge of the words you can't speak with me I dream frequently Then maybe I can get shorty from beyond the lights to have tea with me And get Chantel Jeffries to sleep with me But first let me get this dead Renee. Just got me a check Hey, this is Ergo Radio, WHPK. That was LA Van Gogh, 9 to 5 Blues. The bills is paid. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? You had any, you had any story or backstory about that about that track? You, you that song is about my job. Word, word. Like, it's super <laughs> about my job. And, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. felt like that song is a, is prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel when every time I hear sometimes when I'm down and I'm low, I'll be like, that is a prophecy. <laughs> that is a prophecy. That is a, a Negro spiritual right there. <laughs> well, you know what it made me think of? Was it made me think of spaceship, Kanye? Spaceship. Oh, word, that's tight. Because it's kind of that same mode of like, the like one like factoring in the weight of that grind of mm-hmm. that nine to five, but then also like having the imagination in it to one like celebrate in the moment, but then also like imagine being able to get away from yeah. it. Yeah, which is rare, especially in this art form, because it's it, it, escapism has become so like prevalent. So yeah. it don't matter what you're doing or what you where you stand, mm-hmm. you always gotta be balling. You always gotta be top yeah. of the game. So to be, you know, to be talking about the real life yeah. survival of the nine to five. And that's my anti kudos. like I'm super anti that. That's why anti-baller. I'm so vulnerable. <laughs> that's why I'm so honest because it's like you can be yourself and a normal person and still be extraordinary. Mm. And that's why I'm so open. And it's okay to have feelings. That's why I went through the whole thing I went through because people told you you're not supposed to feel a certain way. That's why I rap about what I rap about. That's why I'm so candid in it. It's because it's okay to be that way. It's okay to work a regular job and be like, man, forget this job. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think. (laughs) But I'm going to pimp it. But I'm going to pay my bills with it. It's whatever. It's And we. I don't want to turn this into uh, 30 minutes about uh this particular recording artist but it is like this week as i was listening to this coming out of listening to the drake album right mm-hmm. and we're gonna have a drake minute here and we can go far Word. from it so we I'm don't have to go that, too far because i still haven't heard it but so it's I'm a interested. critique i'm interested <laughs> but in the, what comes to mind for me is the distance the distance and the difference between the like vulnerability that you're talking about and the honesty and just emotion mm-hmm. right because it's one thing to just say like i feel this it's another thing to like work through it in your mm-hmm. song and then actually like that's part of what makes it accessible for folks mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like i'm in my feelings it's like what are those feelings mm-hmm. and like i think it's like one way to dodge the corniness of him right uh is because it is like it's <laughs> corny to watch someone go i'm in my feelings mm-hmm. and have them just like mope <laughs> i did like my like my eeyore face right, right. there you like not that even like in my feelings it's like look at me in my feelings right. yeah exactly. like, this is about me i'm mm-hmm. very centered my my feelings yeah. right so the same and way i'm trying to sell this shit to you and the same no it's cool and this <laughs> see and we at you but the same way that like you're talking about the like the the joy that can come on that nine to five blues song mm-hmm. of being like no we're gonna be okay mm-hmm. uh that's like the opposite result 
of, and that's like a possible like collective thing the same way like all right like makes everyone be like we're gonna be okay yeah um that's really different from look at me i'm sad uh so props to you for not falling into that corniness <laughs> trap is really that's all crazy. i have to say and the album is not shout good. out to drake drake <laughs> the album's not good that's all i have to say on that Man. um word so we, we were while the song was playing we went a little bit back in the in the personal arc in the, in the, in the history um but we'll we'll do it on air where'd you grow up uh in dalton True. the south suburb of dalton yeah. it's funny i actually didn't even mention this off air but i low-key like i didn't live in dalton but like my best friend when i like considered my brother for like three years like it was like especially during the summer there was like two summers we literally were together every day Word. And so like i basically lived at his house in dalton so i, I probably dalton wrote, what was his name Lavelle Case, he ain't really go outside and dog like that. Oh, he, he would be on 95th when it, when it came to socializing. But but we laid our head and like and got sharks from Dalton. So that's real. Much love the, to one on, the one on Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, he's quiet. <laughs> and get called out on 19 different trade tracks. Right. Oh, yeah. I hate that street, bro. I hate that street. Oh, so for, for folks, I think like outside of the Chicago context, when you say like the burbs or the suburbs, like there isn't really a whole lot of understanding about what that means. And we were talking a little bit mm -hmm. before the show started, like how, like just describe Dalton, what are a couple like personal landmarks or a couple smells or sites mm -hmm. for you that are specific to that place? Um, well, like the suburban Metro South area really is one big area because it's, it's really Dalton, Calumet City, mm -hmm. South Holland, and um, now there's one more that's like just the main circle of, that area um dalton soho cal city and harvey yeah yeah um so that's where i grew up i grew up in between dalton and harvey because i was born in harvey i stayed right around the corner from the courts on 100 um what street is that i'm tweaking i ain't been there in a while <laughs> but dalton landmarks dalton bowl for sure True. you go right over the bridge on sibley it's nikki's gyros a classic <laughs> spot you know the best gyro burger you've ever had in your life um what else is big over there we used to have a fair play over there. That yeah. was a pretty, that was a staple. First job I got fired from. We was talking, this kind of like, is, <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> we was talking kind of like historically or like socio-politically and how we, how we analyze the bird, like in the Chicago yeah. context, especially when you talk about like the South, near South burbs yeah. of like, these are basically the, the small municipalities mm -hmm. where like the, when the towers dropped, you know, like yeah. where people were pushed out. So really it is like the city or it like is the people city. who are not from chicago like when we say the burbs there are there's a certain context here mm -hmm. that that sometimes is actually worse than some parts of the city yeah right like you a, say you from harvey it's like oh you <laughs> oh, from yeah, harvey oh, world yeah, you real <laughs> you real do, do the quick teaching though dane what do you mean by when the towers drop whatever we talking what are we talking man, about man gentrification right, that's right. what so, happened so if, if we talk about like the um you know the new deal and like urban renewal mm -hmm. that there was this you know these creation of this public housing that was intentionally underfunded and basically concentrated poverty yeah. um, in like a little strip. It was like hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, and then as gentrification has been real and, and the move out to the suburbs has now reversed to the move back into the city, uh, you know, the, 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 the public housing was literally destroyed. Mm -hmm. Almost all of it. It feels Families like it feels like ninety percent of it within like a decade just mm -hmm. got like demolished, um, and people were given limited Section Eight or nothing, mm -hmm. um, and just pushed out into the city and into the, the like the inner municipalities where there was you know cheap rent mm -hmm. um and like when you talk about a lot of the violence that's happening now it's from that displacement that's why. it's from that's, that's it's from why. that competition over resources and territory um so really in, in the chicago context like a lot of the 
the the inner suburbs are like declining mm -hmm. right and we and on a national level when you think of the suburbs it's usually like the most subsidized the biggest mm -hmm. high schools you know the, the the you know all of the local municipality services that you need municipal services that you need uh but in the chicago context it's really it's similar in st louis too uh mm -hmm. where there's been like a, a, a push out um into the into these small towns that are really connected to the city urban life and operate in the same way just a further distance so they, they have to travel far as hell mm -hmm. to even get downtown if you want to have like yeah. a, a corporate type job yeah a, a, a lot of that, that is done through moving where the section 8 housing is right like that's yeah. like a lot of what yeah and, and where section 8 was available is right. limited to certain mm -hmm. already right. black spaces yeah. that, that have been like further and further deteriorating you mean they didn't put it in Naperville no they did not they did not get section 8 out in Rolling Meadows and <laughs> so so what so what, what how did that like shape your artistry right like how how did that space mm. right because usually you know because you kind of like a fly cat too right like Thank so usually you. a lot of that comes from like we think of like the Lincoln Park or the, or the Wicker Word. Park or the, or the Hyde Park yeah it's funny they're all parks but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's usually like the context where where a lot of the like the cool kids <laughs> right air quotes like i say that with all the shade possible <laughs> right uh, <laughs> but like that's usually the spaces right where, where like yeah. the, the, the the people's creative juices are tapped or mm -hmm. nurtured so so what about that area right because usually it's like a bubble too mm -hmm. like you don't go too far north yeah uh, so so how did that how did you develop your artistry out there um i never like hung out in any of those areas like, <laughs> okay. i've been in i've been in high park maybe for like the last six months you know and <laughs> like i developed my style of just what i like to, to see people wear on the internet mm. um but as far as my artistry goes like i was telling you off the air like my my next door neighbor was one of the displaced residents of cabrini green mm -hmm. i didn't know that i didn't understand that until i was older but he always told me i'm from cabrini green i'm from the greens and i missed like, to him <laughs> right that that was his community yeah, and he right. still went back to the city a lot even after that um so that when I realized that that was so close to home, the older I got, the more I decided to get into a political science major, which is what I oh, graduated right, in. Right. So exactly. Where'd you go to school? UIC. Oh, dope, dope, dope. So exactly what you were just talking about, about urban renewal and urban politics and planning. I did an entire thesis on that my oh, last shit. year you, you should have said it. I should have. No, you said it perfectly. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You know, I always love to, to affirm people that speak on something that I've learned about. Yeah. You know, that that's impactful to the entire culture and the yeah. community um, that's going on. So that influences everything about what I do is everything that goes on in the city, in the country, in the world, because I'm always thinking, how can I change one person's mind to change the next person? I read an article about ASAP Ferg about just the degrees of changes. He said, you know, his commitment is to take two people out of the hood yeah. and show people what he does. And from then on, those two people have to take two other people and show them what Ferg just showed them. So that's kind of always been my business model is I'm trying to teach something, whether it's about identity. I may not know the, the most about business, but I'm trying to now mm. to teach that. Um, but right now, my story is, is identity. And that's been formed by everything that's gone on that's made people confused about, you know, you not from Chicago, mm. you from the birds. <laughs> well... I was like, uh, when I heard that the first time, maybe I was like 16, they're like, don't say you're from Chicago. I never did anyway, but my friends always did. Like, I'm from Dalton. I know where I'm from. I'm proud of that. Right. What's life like for a kid living in a middle-class community that's going into lower class? Right. What What is that life like? Not only is there a struggle of people standing on the corners or, um, you know, in drug trade or always prone to violence. No, nah, you prone to an identity crisis out there because... You're you're treated 
a certain way in a place where you think you're going to be treated better. Right. And families, you know, broken home. I come from a broken home. That's what happens in the city. That happens in the burbs too. That happens everywhere. The The thing I'm trying to bring together is the cohesion between these facades of classes. Mm. Of We go through the same exact things. We just have different avenues that we go through them on. Right. You may have, um, not y'all, but just... You know, you and the people sense <laughs> yeah. may have the listeners, <laughs> the people, yeah. right? May have a, an experience where you come from a broken home because your father was displaced or disenfranchised by the prison community. In the burbs or where I'm from, I'm disenfranchised in a, in a broken home because my parents couldn't get it together. That's also um, a product of the Reagan era that created right. attention deficit disorders or kids that aren't able to stay focused right. on stuff. And we're, I'm now starting to see that we're the victims of that. Right. And, and it's, it's this, only it's, going further. It's only getting worse. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's, really bad. it's getting worse. <laughs> it's getting extremely worse because we've seen them do it. We think it's okay. Mm. We're going to do it. Our next generation is going to think it's okay. You know, so. And all those different versions are manifestations of or res- effects of the same. Uh, of the same hierarchy, the same institutional. Yeah. I, man, I feel like I don't know if I've ever openly known a rapper with the with the political science degree where i'm trying to think i'm trying to think if i've ever heard that before as you were like going to school and in your studies were you still intentional and in knowing that that music is what you wanted to pursue uh there are two reasons i went to school one for the network but the main reason was to show my grandmother that everything that she put me through in high school she put me through private school until my senior year of high school i wasn't just gonna be like all right your money's going to waste and I'm not going to college because I love music. So I was like, how can I take the opportunity to go to college and apply that to what I really want to do? So I went to get a political science degree. um, Right, because you think you would do the music production. Exactly. I've never taken taken a music class. I take one (laughs) music class and that was music theory. Mm. That's it. I've never taken a music class in my life. Um, And I taught myself everything. So I went to, to college to get the knowledge. Hey. bars you know what yeah. i'm saying <laughs> so what 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 drew you to political science and and in any way as you were learning were you like yo i want my art to, ref- to reflect this this mm-hmm. knowledge that i'm gaining or this shift in consciousness yeah. or this purview that i have my favorite rappers were always the politically conscious ones was my favorite rapper is lupe he was the first person that true. inspired me to rap well true <laughs> so i always was thinking how can i especially since you didn't say rap good like you could right. <laughs> Lupe, you, you stroked your beard as you said <laughs> i did rap well well yeah. adequately you know what i'm saying <laughs> but um so we took our drake mode actually i want to take a lupe minute can we can we, yeah, yeah, because he was like he was my guy too mm-hmm. like that was the person i listened to that was the the entry into so much mm-hmm. um how do you how do you balance like the the, <laughs> the personal whackness and all that of him? like and maybe i'm projecting my own feelings about him mm-hmm. i think i am it's tough to like like to still value the incredible stuff he's made mm-hmm. with like the traps he's fallen into and also the personal choices he's made about how he wants to walk through the world. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think of, and if you're down to tell the story, yeah, I'm down. Her, I'm down. yeah you want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, right, let me get the context. Yeah. So, 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 so for me, um, I just hear a lot of ways about like how he interacts with people in public. I've heard a lot of firsthand mm-hmm. accounts of like, Whoa, dog, like get over yourself. And like, also 
you got rich and famous off being a man of the people, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how you presented yourself, especially on like some radical, like, you know, revolutionary You're consciousness. You're the first like, person that you heard think, say something like American terrorist. Right, When right. I first heard that, I'm like, Right. This is amazing. Right, right. So so I've, I've, I've heard from like firsthand, like credible source of like him being super Hollywood with people. Mm -hmm. But then for me, uh, it was the, um, so as part of like the, the coalition that organized the first two nights after the Laquan McDonald video dropped, mm -hmm. like the protest mm -hmm. downtown, I was, I was walking, we was like, lead. it was like a thousand people. It was the revolution for yeah, real. Um, and, and, and like, I saw him like come down out of a hotel and like i could just tell something was happening because it was like a truck and it was like dude standing by the truck you know like mm -hmm. it looked like Real. an entourage yep. right and i saw the dress i'm like yo that's lupe and i was like the only person that knows everybody was like you can't stop yeah. i'm like yo Lou, what's up like come out like, here rock with, it, what's you know, good rock you know what i'm saying he's like got his hood on and like ducked into the truck and was like yeah and like was like hiding and like waving and was mm -hmm. like trying to not engage i'm like mm -hmm. gee you don't gotta you don't gotta come out here and and chant or do a song or take pictures but at least like you could physically show yeah. that you are inside the day these are your kids mm -hmm. right like and the way the way that y'all talking yeah, about right yeah. like a lot of the consciousness that we have right now comes from hip-hop mm -hmm. comes from kanye saying like you know ronald reagan cooked up an answer comes yeah. from the things lupe taught us so, so it yeah. was just disheartening even though i knew he had somewhere to go yeah but just his posture was not one of like i'm with y'all it was one of like oh Look at all of these potential people that yeah. are gonna slow me down. Let me go hide in my truck, and I just didn't rock That's with real. that. That's real. Yeah, I feel you. Um, and to answer to your question, you asked like how I got into political science. I was a psychology major before that, Dang, and so a business major before brain. that. <laughs> so I understand how people work. Um, so when you say like he did that or whatever, like I always take into consideration what he was going through to do what he did, um, to where he felt like he couldn't be a part of it or didn't want to be a part of it in that moment. And I think where he's gone, he knows he's that good. You know, when it comes to rap, so he doesn't feel like he has to prove anything to anybody because in my my eyes, he's still the greatest rapper that I've ever experienced. And that's from before lasers. Everything before lasers was solidified. You know, that was his his biggie moment where you can if that was one piece, that was ready to die. And you are solidified as the greatest rapper, one of the greatest rappers. So now I feel like his personal and political choices, the way he's chosen to go about it has been wrong. The way he goes about it on Twitter is wrong because I know he always means well in what he mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. The way he delivers it may not always be well in person. Right. And then you take that extra fifth, sixth, seventh wall of a tweet yeah. and you add that there. That's mm -hmm. where his misconception is gone because not he hasn't decidedly or decided to go into that part of his career. It's what he tweeted out and what people took from it. Yeah. Because you got to realize that media outlets too speak for people without them saying anything oh, sure. they take you straight out of context so when people blew him up about saying um obama's a terrorist he wasn't criticizing obama in the fact saying you are a terrorist and that's all you are he right. still yeah. believes he that he's American, a progressive he, you're, you're imperialism exactly you know, American imperialism and colonization is actually still going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not out of context. And that's what he meant in in American terrorists. And when he said Obama's a terrorist because he said it perfectly. What do you think a kid getting bombs dropped on his house is going to call Obama? Right. Yeah. If Gaddafi was sending bombs this way, what are we going to call yeah. him? What yeah. just happened with the Muslim community yeah. that didn't really do much? Yeah. I, the radical, radicalized ISIS members did something. Right. Not the entire Muslim community. Right. But now they're your spokespeople, you know. So that's people don't understand the layers of uh, yeah. a sentence. Yeah. No, I appreciate his conscience. It was just in, in that moment, just to 
it was more like uh you it was less you, you kind of whack and more like man that kind of hurt because i was right, like because you look up to him we rock with you yep rock with us is what yeah. i said i wasn't on no like dirt with him no take a picture like yo we rock with you we out here mm -hmm. fist up you know what i'm saying like you can you can amplify this mm -hmm. if nothing else you could just get on twitter and be like yo yeah. i just saw all these kids out here mm -hmm. downtown chicago trying to overthrow the system like that's it was just it was just kind of sad to see mm -hmm. that like all the things you're talking about and all the ways that like uh the pressures yeah. have like got on where he feels the need that he has to protect himself he's also been tied ways. down by his yeah. corporate yeah. Right. corporate america because sponsors do limit you you can't sure. say a certain thing you lose your sponsorship i don't think he has that many sponsors anymore because of that reason mm. but that's a lot of reasons why a lot of celebrities don't say much yeah i say a lot because i ain't got no sponsors i ain't got nobody <laughs> to report to i can yeah. say what i want yeah, and it's gonna continue to be that way <laughs> but it's also like we make you're at this interesting point where you're like making your entry one into being heard but there's also like there is an industry here that it, maybe you want to be a part of or you want to be able to take from uh like knowing that someone like him gets taken out of context and then the then there's all the stuff behind the scenes that we don't even see like mm -hmm. i was watching this interview with dave Chappelle from like he did like inside the actor's studio with james lipton it's you should go watch it it's amazing but he's talking about like basically it is this the thing i showed you no you <laughs> show me something good. Basically, <laughs> all Damon and I do when we're not on the radio is watch clips of Dave Chappelle. But uh, basically, James Lipton asked him, like, like why? In short, why did you leave? Basically, like, what was going on? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to get into specifics, but like, celebrities, actors, creators who are successful are not weak people. They're strong people. So if someone like Martin Lawrence. It is what you showed me. I'll give you the credit. <laughs> if if Martin Lawrence is who is a strong person, a successful person who's accomplished incredible things, is standing in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard waving a gun in his underwear saying they're trying to kill me. What is going on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like what is happening? Not forget about like the press misquoting you. Like what is happening that's pushing a strong person to that point? Mm. So for you, think about like, and because it's something I, th I think about also, you know, wanting to play different roles and create kind of different things in the industry like do you have defense mechanisms that you're already prepping to not yeah. fall into those yeah, especially i think you're really mm -hmm. marketable right and i think i think you got an aesthetic and and, and you're coming from the city in a time mm -hmm. where, where where like you could blow right. right so so how do you like prepare yourself for that now that you like have seen You've seen so many examples. Man, you right? trying to you trying to get the LA Van Gogh mechanic right here. <laughs> but um yeah, how do you how you how do you plan on keeping yourself safe as as you hope to ascend? There has been too much there's been too much access between um an artist and the people, which is perfectly fine. You wanna know your artist. But the things that made Michael Jackson, Prince, a lot of these artists so great was that they were inaccessible. Yeah. Protect themselves. My, I'm, I'm trying to set myself up to be inaccessible <laughs> um, in certain realms. I don't think social media is the place to argue about anything. Yeah. Maybe Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, maybe. But you know, I'm always, I've always thought people only know what you tell them. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just leave it at that. When you say, "What are my defense mechanism?" People are only know what you tell them. Look at all the stuff you didn't know about me mm -hmm. that we had on air and yeah. off air, <laughs> yeah. but. I think I'm very open and transparent. Like, if you ask me something, I'm going to be straight up with you. Mm. I'm not one of those guys that'll beat around a question. If you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the exact answer. Mm. Um, but I'm also not going to put everything out there <laughs> um, up front until you ask. 
If no, that's something you really want to know, then so be it. Don't wear color contacts either. That's all. Yep. I, don't that's wear all color I contacts. <laughs> Do not. That was so wild. Nothing else. I ain't gonna say. We gonna say that doesn't matter. That's all I ask of you, brother. You know. I got you. I got you. Yay. I got you. Uh, so as we head towards the oh end of the show, oh my god, it's like the worst thing ever. G, like, uh, like, are you serious? All right, this is the perfect, actually, the perfect transition. <laughs> believe it or not. So we have a game that we. It's kind of a game under the guise of a game. Uh, and I think you've like definitely opened up in a bunch of ways, the same way like we like to do here on the show. But like kind of the deliberate way we do it. Um, so in the background, you can't hear it because we have the speakers off. But in the background playing right now is the instrumental to All Falls Down, right? And this game is called oh, So Subconscious. You want to introduce? It's called First to Admit It. First to Admit It. First to Admit It. So so what okay. what we do uh, is is you know we, we share with our guests and with our listeners uh, one insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. What they were insecure about. So we welcome you to either comment Word. or they, or to add one, Word. right? I'm if you want it. to be transparent and vulnerable. So I guess I'll go first. I, I I forgot we was gonna do this. So uh, <laughs> hmm, I know one. So like <coughs> I, I I grew up talking a lot about uh, teaching about financial literacy and mm -hmm. I also like acted in like commercials and stuff. Yep, right I saw. Them. So right, I so, seen them. So there's like a video of me that like has gone viral where I'm like promoted as like this like bill gates like mm -hmm. genius type kid like obviously i know some things but they're really basic things and i have mm -hmm. privilege mm -hmm. and access to this information so it gets portrayed as like as if i'm rich or mm -hmm. as if i'm i'm this expert um in a way that was kind of counter to the message um and also sometimes feels contradictory to what i i do now because uh, i'm trying That's to very be real. very uh you know i'm critical of these institutions or these systems that i'm investing in mm -hmm. but i'm trying to give this knowledge to people uh so now i have resources i also have uh like support from on my like life expenses from, from my father right so like i have a lot of like privilege mm -hmm. uh but it looks like when you watch that video like oh man he's a millionaire yeah, and he's out here false know. flagging it like so so it's something that's really weird and like just being the, the little star kid mm -hmm. and now being an adult it's almost mm -hmm. like 10 years later that's something yeah. that like that works and trying to figure out how to like navigate those contradictions of who, right. all the things that i've done or, i'll go okay. next um <laughs> So this one's a little less, or I, I won't qualify it. <laughs> Yesterday I got my first, I found my first gray hair in my temple. Uh oh. Damn. And I yanked that hair out so fast. You're gonna be a refined gray hair. I can. I'm see hoping you. for it. You and my like uh, Roger Sterling off Mad <laughs> And my, my grandpa <laughs> on my mom's side, and it, it's a he's got full head of hair. You lucky do look like Roger Sterling off Damn. Mad <laughs> For those of you who have never seen a picture of us and are just listening at home, that's no, funny. but so like that's one the beginning of the end and all that mm -hmm. way but it's also just like uh starting to get and like i, I hooped and like my feet hurt afterward like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and starting to think about like how do i not try to act like i'm always going to be young like how do i quote age gracefully mm -hmm. is a thing that i'm trying to figure out i got one i'm gonna you really got? open up you know <laughs> what i'm saying just because i like being open because somebody else is going is going through it um, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm of mixed heritage. Mm. I'm, I'm Mexican, black, and Cree Indian. Um, mm. So I've always been pretty insecure about my hair. Mm. Um, even though I have really good, I do appreciate the texture of my hair, but I've always wanted hair like yours, Damon. Mm. You know, mm. I've always, that's what I grew up in. I wasn't raised by my mother who was Hispanic. I was raised by my black father, mm. my black grandparents. So imagine me with straight hair right, right. around everybody else with waves and that's you the, white boy or, or you I, I'm, I'm gonna talk about that <laughs> in depth on my next album um but that's always been an insecurity of mine even though i love my hair now you know what i'm saying yeah, it's low-key gonna get you famous you know on some insecurity like that's also a weird thing to carry yeah. with mm -hmm. you i could imagine right, like right. this thing that was tough and set me apart before 
like will be a, might be a vehicle to more success yeah. like that yeah yeah it's funny I, I mean and it's something i relate to as, as someone like i mean i don't consider myself mixed but obviously i have like you know, like my, I guess my, my great grandmother's German or something, mm -hmm. and like I guess I got some Creole in me, but the whole Creole thing is something that I kind of critique anyway. But even even with someone who is like been labeled as having good hair, sometimes I felt like it wasn't rough enough, or sometimes mm -hmm. I felt like it wasn't fine enough. So it's so it's interesting now that I'm like yeah. growing it out, and like people give always say, "Man, I love your hair." It's like, no, yeah. I love your hair. This is interesting. Yeah, We're all the like same way with sharing me. that same insecurity, uh, and I think just naming it right, like. Let us know that we are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, do we got time to, to play a tr his track going out? Nah. nah. Well, here are choices. We can either play one more track off the project or, or LA could actually spit maybe something. spit something. I, right vote, spit. I yeah. vote for the spit. I don't spit. We got headphones for you right here so you can hear the instrumental. Right. Freestyle time. Hey, go crazy. What's uh, going on? You got a track for him, Kiss? Yo, I got one. Please okay. don't make it like no track. I like rapping over like really good rap hip hop beats. Well, this is a, I believe we'll fall in that category. Okay, cool. Here this, we go. The last dude that asked me to freestyle gave me some future joint. I'm like, it's <laughs> not really me. Even though I rap over that. Fuck. Let's let's see what how you feel about this. Oh, one. Uh, I like it. We'll go acapella. Mm, nah, I like it. I'll right, take whatever right. I can get. Well, who is this? Is this Knife? Bruce Lee Kicks. He produces for Pro. Oh, word. Word. Mm. Mm. Every time I bellow, I'm yelling out, look out below. It's L.A. Van Geo from the CO. I'm a CO like correctional officers with the bars. I'm a young superstar. I couldn't tell you what I'm drinking in my Soma. I lost so much sober to the soda, uh. Not really, I never did lean a day in my life But if you try to take my shine, then I only Corona Wipe the salt off of your lime and your lemons, you know what L.A. Van Gogh about to blow up mm, Like rockets, Apollo, I'm so what? Like a Miles Davis trumpet engineer I am here, right up in your ear like earwax Like pussy willows And I go down to the dirty like a Brillo pad And I still flow with the rag Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I be... Hey, with the with the up the dome, hey, I'm rocking with you. Shout out. So, so where can they where can they find you? Let's get all the, the social media plugs. Um, La Van Gogh, where you at? La Van Gogh. <laughs> spell that for him. That seems fair enough. That, no, people don't know how to spell Van Gogh, and I went to the exhibit yesterday, which was pretty hot. But, but he put but he puts the space in he between does the space. Man, can I don't we get do twelve seconds of where the Van Gogh came from? Um, <laughs> I said it in a rap. I said I'm the Da Vinci of sixteen. The Van Gogh of the flow. My friends started calling Ooh. me Van Gogh after that. Ooh. You know, bars. Wow. But it's LA Van Geo GH. Don't forget the GH. Just remember LA Van Gogh, like a green light, and don't forget the GH. Word. Follow yeah. him, cop the new project, Safe and Sound Safe presents. And sound. Shout out to Amby. Yeah, follow everyone on everything. Follow us, us Ergo Radio, Ergo Daniel, Thank you. Damon, underscore awesome. AF, what up? And we'll be back next week with another Yo. strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Man, it's nice to be back on the radio. Always, I'm glad always. Man, appreciate you coming through, bro. Thank Much love to y'all, man. Have a safe week. Bye.